Thank you, Keith, for the great welcome, and it's lovely to be here. And uh, as many of you know, we're having some building work done around the corner at the uh, Free Church, so hence we're here tonight. So uh, maybe next year we can be all together round at our little abode. You know, I think one of the many joys of being a Christian is that we can have fellowship like this. When we can meet together as three churches in this village and we can share together in God's word. I think it's really marvellous that we can do that. And I think it's even nicer when we can come together and we can eat together. You know, I was thinking back when I was preparing for tonight, probably since the early days when Ali and I first became Christians, which is a little years ago now, We've loved having people round to our home back in Hove and one of the joys is to have a meal together because when you sit and eat together with somebody the barriers come down a little bit, don't they? Defences come down and you can really get to know somebody and of course the joy is then that you share together and you share in the abundance that God has given us and of course with TV programmes these days it's quite clear that food and cooking and having meals together is something that many people enjoy. The downside, of course, is this, the expanding waistline. Well, a little later tonight, the table's set, we're going to have a meal together that shouldn't expand our waistlines. But it will satisfy us in a way that no banquet ever could. And that's when we meet round the table of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we remember not just his death on the cross for us, but we remember all that when we've yielded our lives to Jesus, all that he's doing in us and through us today. Well, I ask tonight that that reading be read to us from Exodus 24. And the reason was because it speaks of the covenant that the Lord made with his people. And you might have noticed when Keith was reading it, towards the end of that reading, in fact it was verse 11, it said that in the presence of the Lord, Moses and the leaders of God's people, they ate and drank together. They enjoyed a meal to celebrate the sealing of the covenant that Almighty God had made with his people. The laws God had given to Moses that he'd recited before the people. And we saw there what the people's response was when they they heard the Lord being read. They said, everything the Lord has said, we will do, we will obey. But on this Maundy Thursday, as we again think about the meal Jesus had with his disciples, that Passover meal that Luke tells us Jesus was eager to eat with them before he suffered, again, we see that it's a meal remembering the covenant that God made with his people whilst they were in Egypt. And we know, of course, that it was sealed in the blood of a lamb. And as we know through the symbolism of the bread and the wine, Jesus instituted a new covenant through his blood shed for us on the cross. A meal that when we partake of it, what we're doing is we're agreeing to live for Christ as people saved through his blood. Well, what I want us to do tonight is to turn now to Matthew 26, because that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. Matthew 26, and particularly verses 17 to 29. And it's headed in my Bible, the Last Supper. Matthew 
as a dear friend of mine at the Free Church says, when the rustling stops, I know we've all found it. You know, as we look at these verses, I'm sure we're going to see how that past Passover celebrations, the covenant that God made with his people through the blood of sacrificed lambs, that sign for God to pass over those houses and not strike the firstborn, that's going to link to the present, to Christ's blood shed on the cross that you and I today in 2017 might know forgiveness of sin and be kept safe from harm. Then as the redeemed of God, we can look forward to the future when together with believers everywhere, we'll take our places at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Just for a start, take a look down at 17 to 25, shall we? As we read there, on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Jesus replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he'd not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, you have said so. Well, firstly, tonight we're celebrating the covenant of Passover. That's what we're thinking about in these verses. We saw in that reading from Exodus that meals were often enjoyed as a celebration of the sealing of a covenant between God and his people. And none more so do we see that than in the Passover. And each Passover celebration was an enactment of that night in Egypt when God, having heard his people's cries, he acted on their behalf. So the first day of the feast was called unleavened bread. And we see verse 18, Jesus giving those two disciples precise instructions as to where they were to go to prepare for the Passover meal that night. Why the secrecy? Well, it's quite clear, isn't it, that Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed. And although knowing he was going to die, Jesus was the one who was going to determine when that would happen. Not Judas, not the Pharisees, not the Roman soldiers, but Jesus. And it's another reminder to us, isn't it, of how the Lord Jesus Christ was in control and is in control of all things, even all the events of his death. Well, why unleavened bread? Well, this was in remembrance that God had told Moses that the people were to be ready to leave Egypt. Remember in the story, they were to be stood, they were to be dressed, staff in hand, eat their meal, and then when God said, they would go. 
So they were told to prepare bread without yeast. They were to prepare in baking pans so that they could take this unleavened bread with them on their journey out of Egypt so that they'd have food for the journey. So the day of unleavened bread was also called the day of preparation. And of course that's the day when we remember that the Passover lambs were slaughtered. That Passover meal usually took place after sunset, which in the Jewish chronology signified the start of a new day. Well, everything was prepared as Jesus had instructed. And verse 20, come the evening, Jesus and the disciples, they're reclining at the table and together they're celebrating, they're remembering, they're reenacting God's grace and mercy in delivering the people from the hands of the Egyptians. And of course, not just doing that, but going before them into the promised land. The meal usually began with a cup, the cup of Kiddush. And as it was prayed over, it signalled the beginning and the start of that celebration. And it reminded those that were taking part in this meal that this was no ordinary meal. This wasn't like a normal weekend's meal that the family would get together with. This was a special meal. Well, next came the ritual hand-washing. Jesus would have washed his hands three times and that signified that he was the one who would preside over that meal. Well, if you take time to look at how the Jews were told to celebrate Passover and at the meaning behind each of the actions and responses, as well as remembering the past, we can see how Passover points forward to Jesus, to the true lamb whose sacrifice on the cross would set mankind free from sin. Well, sadly tonight, time doesn't allow us to go through all that was observed during the Passover meal. But the links to communion are clearly evident in those celebrations. Well, of course, we know from what the Gospel writers tell us that along with the other disciples celebrating the Passover that night was the betrayer, Judas. And Jesus, knowing who was going to betray him, He gave Judas every opportunity to change his mind, to say, I've made a mistake, to come before God and repent. But sadly, we know he didn't. And that's a wonderful picture for us, isn't it? Just a reminder to us of how patient God is with us, how often we let him down. Okay, we may not betray him quite the way that Judas did, but we do let him down. We do fall short. And God is patient with us and longs to see us come back to him with repentant hearts. But Judas, that wasn't the case. Well, the custom at the time, and one still practiced in the Middle East, and maybe Stuart's even doing this tonight, I don't know, is to eat a meal. And at that meal, there would be a big bowl, communion bowl, a bowl of sauce, usually stewed fruit. And what you did, you dipped a piece of bread that was wrapped around meat into it. And I don't know why, but I suddenly thought of a kebab when I was doing this. I don't know why, but the meal. And it was a communal bowl that signified togetherness. It signified friendship. If you dipped into that bowl with your host, what you were actually saying to your host was, I'm your friend. I'm not somebody who's going to harm you. Well, when we know that... 
What Jesus did here seems even more awful, doesn't it? It's an act that fulfilled what the scriptures said about him. Psalm 41 verse 9. Even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Well, at the Passover meal, after the lamb had been eaten, it was customary to pass round the remainder of the unleavened bread. And a prayer would be said that looked forward to the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. And it was at that time when Jesus said those very familiar words that we use today when we share the elements of the bread and the wine together. Well, having celebrated the Passover, remembering the old covenant sealed in the blood of an unblemished lamb, what we see in verse 28 is Jesus telling us that his blood, that in a matter of hours would be shed on the cross, was to be the seal of the new covenant made with mankind for the forgiveness of sins. Let's look at those verses, 26 to 28. This is what we read there. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. So Christ's blood symbolises the present new covenant. Well, it's testimony to God, God's great love for us, that he makes agreements with us. He doesn't need to, but he does. And praise God for that. Or covenants, if we prefer. In the Old Testament, we know that God made a covenant with Noah. He said that he wouldn't flood the whole earth again, and indeed he didn't. Later, God made a covenant with Abraham, that Abraham would be the father of a great nation. And of course, we saw in that reading that that Keith brought us tonight, that God made a covenant with Moses. And each covenant was sealed in the blood of a slaughtered animal. Well, as Christians, through Christ's blood, we're now under a much better and lasting covenant that doesn't require the continued sacrifice of animals. Hebrews 10 reminds us of Christ's once-for-all sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. And just as we saw in Exodus 24, when the people responded to Moses as he brought them God's law, when they said, everything the Lord has said we will do, surely our response to Christ's sacrifice of himself on the cross, his blood poured out for us, must surely be now to live for him, to live for his greater glory, in obedience to his word, trusting in his promises to us. And we might well respond in just the same way that the people of old responded by saying that everything the Lord has said to us through his word, we will do. And as we come to partake in the body and the blood of Christ, what's been passed on to us is this command to do this in remembrance of me. That's what Paul passed on to us. Do this, just as the Jews were to remember God bringing them up out of slavery in Egypt. We're to do this to share in the body and blood of Christ in remembrance that Jesus has brought us up out of slavery to sin and death. And he's leading us on into glory. And as we identify as Christians in Christ's sacrifice for us, 
we're reminded by Paul, if you look in Ephesians 2, that we've been saved. We've been washed clean in the blood of Christ. We've been cleansed by Christ's grace and set apart by God to do good works. Works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Those good works are to proclaim Christ. To proclaim Christ's death on the cross. And all who turn to him with repentant hearts can know his forgiveness for themselves. We're called by Jesus to continue to celebrate the Lord's Supper until he comes again. And we see in verse 29 Jesus pointing us as believers to that time in the future, whenever that might be, when as John saw in his revelation of Christ, we're going to sit and eat together at the wedding supper of the Lamb in the Father's kingdom. Verse 29, I tell you, I'll not drink from the fruit of the vine, says Jesus, from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So finally, very briefly tonight, the future eternal covenant. I'm sure we would agree that as believers we're already part of this eternal covenant. But until the day when the Lord either comes in glory or he calls us home, we're here. And as we saw earlier, whilst we're here, God has called us to work. He's called us to make a difference, to bring Christ's love into a spiritually dry and hungry Linfield. Because believe you me, it is. When God brought his people up out of Egypt, they didn't celebrate the Passover again until they reached the promised land. So the Passover meal became the focus of hope for God's people as they journeyed onto the land of Cana. So for us, the Eucharist meal we're going to take part in tonight is very much a meal where we not only remember the covenant of the past sealed by the blood of lambs, but we celebrate the present covenant in Christ's blood shed for you and me on the cross. And we look forward to being with Christ in his kingdom the new covenant in Christ's blood it extends to people from every nation and tribe as we read in Revelation to all who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ and know him as their saviour and if that's you tonight and I pray it is let me invite you to come to the Lord's table and receive from him the living bread that's come down from heaven and feed on him by our, in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving and be satisfied. Amen. <laughs>